This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. A, a, a Giants podcast for Giants fans. By Giants fans. It's Sean Morash. Down, down, down the sideline. Into the end zone. Touchdown, Giants. From the offseason. Through the wins and the losses. It's time to take one. One. one Giants. Giants. Step, step. With your host, Sean Morash. Happy New Year to our One Giant Step listeners. I'm Sean Morash. Thank you, as always, for tuning in free on the Odyssey app. And everywhere podcasts are available, the G-Men fall at home by a point to the Rams. And if that's a game that takes place earlier in the season, you're going crazy on the missed opportunities. It's a game instead that here at the back end of the year is the Giants jockey for draft position. You could take a deep breath on a day or two later and say, okay, I sat there, I rooted for a win like a good fan. In the end, they didn't win. They played hard, didn't get crushed like some of the end of the Joe Judge games or the Pat Shermer games or Ben McAdoo games. Uh, A team that was red hot offensively. The Giants were right there coming down to a Miss Mason Crosby kick. But in the end, lose the game. Uh, Draft position helped. That cause helped. Locker room not being lost. In the end, as good a loss as the Giants could have. And if that's as a fan that turns you off right now, I apologize. But that's just the damn truth. Because the Giants now have one week left to play with the Philadelphia Eagles. You want to ruin their season? Go for it. But every loss does matter in what is a bunched-up grouping if you are in the camp of drafting a quarterback. And by now, if you've listened to enough of these podcasts, you know I am. Uh, And we could talk about Michael Penix, who just put on a show last night in the Sugar Bowl and the pros and cons to that, and and all the quarterbacks now as everybody's sat back and watched a bunch of bowl games and uh, didn't get to see the likes of Jaden Daniels or Caleb Williams or Drake May and those guys who will shine at the Combine come February. But for now, this is what it's about. It's about the Giants playing competitive football, not quitting, uh, playing up to the caliber of some of these elite teams, and the Rams felt like a team that were knocking on the door of becoming elite. Uh, And there were the Giants playing right with them, like they beat the Packers, who will be right in that playoff mix as well a couple weeks ago. So, with that, the pros and cons to the game. Number one, 
uh, the Terod Taylor Tommy DeVito debate. If you follow me on Twitter at Sean Morash X, whatever you want to call it, uh, I have been very anti the move back to Terod Taylor, and I frankly was driven nuts during this game, and I probably should stay off social media during some of these games. And I, I almost don't blame some Giant fans because of what they are falling in love with, but our our ignorance to some of the bad that that Terod Taylor has presented the Giants in some of these games is mind-numbing to me. Absolutely mind-numbing to me. And again, yeah, my case for playing Tommy DeVito is this. It's not even about, hey, do you have Brock Purdy? I know we've had that conversation in the past. But more along the lines of backup quarterbacks are so important. Look around in the NFL and how many have played, including the Giants here playing them. If you have a guy that's shown the capability, you can win a couple ball games like he has. I want to see more from Tommy DeVito, and I think that these are reps that in years where the season's not lost, clearly he's not going to get, and I think they're invaluable to him. Now, if the team doesn't believe that Tommy DeVito could develop as a backup quarterback, I don't understand why he was on the roster on a practice squad to begin with coming out of training camp. Clearly, they saw something in him to allow him to be on the practice squad. You didn't need him to just be the scout team quarterback. There were other guys that they could have gone that route. They went with an undrifted rookie to develop him. He's done enough to develop just because he was playing poorly. What, that that was going to ruin the locker room? I, I don't buy it. So here's the the skinny on Terod Taylor. He throws a couple ropes in this game. The one to Hyatt that gets called back. Uh, and, of course, the pass to Darius Slayton might be the prettiest pass a giant quarterback has thrown all year. There's no doubt about it. it it's in stride. Slayton dances to the end zone, and giant Twitter and giant social media and giant fans erupt. But with that comes the bad of Terod Taylor. You get down the field, the two-point conversion throw, the Saquon Barkley, is a killer. The throw, the missed throw to a wide-open Darren Waller is a killer. Throwing behind Wandell Robinson, a killer. His inaccuracies when the ball is not on a rope deep are why he is what he is in this league, and that is an oft-injured backup quarterback. The Giants have lost football games this year because ultimately Terod Taylor has made losing plays when given the opportunity. I, I, I could be unfair to Daniel Jones or unfair in my defense of Daniel Jones at times, and I, I will readily admit Daniel Jones flat-out lost the Giants game to the Seattle Seahawks. Other than that, I put a lot of what happened early in the year on Andrew Thomas getting hurt, just offensive line play that was not even allowing Daniel Jones the time to have plays develop. Andrew Thomas has come back since Daniel Jones has been gone, uh, and we've seen DeVito play well and, and Terod Taylor have his moments and whatnot. But without Andrew Thomas earlier in the year in Buffalo, Terod Taylor had that mishap at the end of the half, then couldn't get it done at the end of the game, and just these little touch throws that just are inexcusably off drive me nuts. And I can't forgive him for that game. And then in this, I mean, to miss on that two-point conversion, to miss on the Waller throw, he had some of those misses early in the Jet game before he got hurt. The Washington game, they get shut out in the second half, that game where they only scored 14 points and won. And for some reason, because Daniel Jones didn't connect on a lot of deep passes early in the year, the vertical passing game was not there. We've ripped up what happened last year. And fall in love with the idea that the Giants need to create explosive plays, which I agree with. They do. But this, like, over overcompensation for look what Terod Taylor could do with the deep ball and ignoring how he's had just these mind-numbing losing plays have driven me nuts. Uh, 
they're probably going to stick with Terod Taylor. I get why. It's the Eagles. They, you know, the Giants play hard. Clearly, he's a good professional. I think he's a good guy, Terod Taylor. Uh, I personally think, again, I, I would go back to the well here versus the Eagles with DeVito. They're not going to do that. And Terod Taylor will play this game. He will leave as a free agent. And I think the Giants will have wasted the last two weeks of development. And I don't want to hear about developing uh, Hyatt or Wondell Robinson because DeVito was doing it plenty with those guys. All right. That's enough of the quarterback conversation. Defensively, the Giants were on point. To have Jason Pinnock come out of that game, Dane Belton comes in, gets those turnovers uh, seamlessly. Wink Martindale is another part of this, and we're going to find out his fate a week from now, probably, if the Giants move on, if that rift between him and Brian Dable truly is that strong where there's a fracture. But I think it's pretty evident and pretty clear here. Uh, When you see a game like the Giants cook up defensively where they're leaving Matt Stafford in that offense that's been one of the best offenses in football for the last month and a half. Uh, utterly confused. Yeah, Puka Nakua went off, but that you know that's a Jimmy's and Joe's thing, right, with the amount of talent at the cornerback position right now for the Giants. Remember, they played this game without Tay Banks. To still be able to do that without probably your top corner against this defense, I mean, against this Rams offense, Wink Martindale is just a magician. And... As the Giants seemingly try to figure out their problems on the offensive side of the ball this offseason, including a top 10 pick, maybe a top 5 pick, maybe a top 4, 3, even a 2 pick, uh, probably used on a quarterback. I really believe they are going to go that route. And whatever free agency dollars they have, whether that's used on a right tackle, which I think should be pretty imperative here, uh, somewhere else on the offensive line, you want a sonic guard, fine. As they figure this all out offensively, the Giants do need to find another edge rusher, as Kayvon Thibodeau seemingly is worn down a little bit here. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Aziz Ojolari feels like he's more of a number three than a number two, which, okay, fine. I had higher hopes, but fine. But Wink Martindale keeping him in the building because the Giants are showing you the blueprint, right? Kept Jalen Hurts confused, kept Matt Stafford confused. The only team they can't figure out how to confuse offensively is the Dallas Cowboys now uh, every year. Even the 49er game on a short week, all of those injuries, the Giants are in that game until the fourth quarter. I know Brandon Ayuk didn't play in that game. Uh, Now as we kind of come out of the microcosm of this season, I I think it's so apparent that you want to add guys to the defense, yes. But by keeping Wink Martindale and his scheme in there and the players you already do have – the Giants know they could be competitive defensively versus you know almost every team in the NFC at this point except Dallas, and you still keep trying to figure that out. And whether that's again more adding another corner, which they're going to have to do this offseason when Dory walks, uh, whether that's just getting more of a pass rush going, whether that's just not getting your ass kicked on the offensive side of the ball and handing the ball back outside of Dallas. I mean this this team competes defensively. I want Wink Martindale here, and if you have Wink Martindale here and you figure this out like a good coaching staff, it will make things easier then to turn around and figure out how much of this offseason priority needs to be on the offense, and I think the quarterback position. So with that, uh, I'm going to touch on Michael Penix here because I'm doing the show on Tuesday, January 2nd as a little recap, and I know Michael Penix is top of mind because he was 
You saw J.J. McCarthy playing the first game, and I'm eh on him. I, I think you're just taking another guy with the ceiling of Daniel Jones. And if you're looking to replace Daniel Jones, am I going down the McCarthy route? Probably not. Michael Penix is throwing as pretty a balls in college as I have seen in a long time. It is worth noting he has already had two torn ACLs, a labrum issue uh, in his college career between Indiana and Washington, and he's really blossomed now fully healthy. He is a left-handed quarterback, which shouldn't stop you from drafting him. However, if Joe Shane is to be believed that he really sees right tackle in Evan Neal's you know, eyes and future, and they're going to just run it back, and Evan Neal's being handed the right tackle job, which I would say is a mistake. You can't compound that by drafting a left-handed quarterback with you know the likes of Jaden Daniels and Drake May right-handed on the board. I'm sorry you can't because I think your stat is this position where anybody's pounded the table for O-line, O-line before you draft the quarterback. That is where you could have that argument that Michael Penix will get absolutely crushed and whooped in his rookie year, and I am not prepared to do that. But... Boy, does he zip it. And boy, is that not something to fall in love with. He seems tough. He seems like a good kid. If the Giants go all in and they do whatever they do, whether it's trade, free agency, I'm not even saying draft at this point because you're going to draft a second-round right tackle and hope for the best, maybe. Uh, I, if Michael Penix is the guy they fall in love with, man, you better figure out right tackle because otherwise that is a situation where you know the pitchforks will be out and you wonder if the Giants are setting a kid up for failure. But with that, I'm curious, and I'd love to get your tweets at Sean Morash, Instagram at Morash Radio. Uh, ahead of our, you know, final podcast of the regular season, Bryce will join me at the end of the week to preview the Eagle game, and of course, we'll put a cherry on top of the season next week. Uh, this off season is going to be all about this draft and where this pick is, and are you finally coming around to the idea of watching football in real? This, this has got to be quarterback. It's got to be quarterback, uh, and I am now at the point where. At the beginning of the year, I was pounding the table, Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones. I will be disappointed if the pick is not quarterback. That is a game they win against the Rams on Sunday if they have figured out and found and drafted themselves a top 12, let's say, quarterback in the league. They win that game. They win the Bills game. Uh, They probably win the 49er game, the Seahawks game. You go down the line of how many of these games in this kind of season where the Giants sit with five wins, do they have nine or ten wins with a significant upgrade at quarterback? That's the way you go. All right. You can follow me, as I said, at Sean Morash. Download this podcast free on the Odyssey app. Please subscribe, download everywhere podcasts are available. Back at the end of the week, look ahead to the season finale, 425 versus the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm Sean Morash, and thanks for taking one giant step with us.